come on. Come on. Come on, you guys. Come on. Layla, so good. You guys, if it's an honor to know Layla. It's an honor to be a part of her world. And so to getting to get to see you, Layla, up here um, is an encouragement. So you guys, if you don't know Layla, more of the story, get to know her because she is truly someone that is 12 years old going on 20. So I believe it. Awesome, you guys. Who's excited to be here? Come on. Come on. We could do a little better than that. Who's excited to be here? Come on. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. You guys, I have a confession. As we're in this series called Confessions, I have a confession of my own. Um, I am a big fan of Nikki's Chili. And Nikki made her chili last night, and she brought me some for lunch, and that has really empowered me for tonight. So let's just give it up for Nikki's chili real quick. Thank you. Awesome, you guys. Well, with that, like I said, I am ready to go. So who's ready to leave a little different tonight? Yeah? Who's ready to allow God into their life tonight? Right? So tonight, you guys, we're in this series called Confessions. We're in this series where we're confessing God's truth, right? And I love how prophetic our last series was. I love how with this idea of called up, um, a a lot of us in this room, maybe we're, I'm called up. I believe that. I'm called up this year. And guess what? Now we're in this series called Confessions. And so you've said yes. You've said, yes, I am called up in Jesus Well, guess what now? With that, with you saying yes, you're confessing truths in your life. And so last week we talked about what we talked about Jesus is Lord, right? Jesus isn't a Lord. Jesus isn't some Lord. Jesus is the Lord of our life. And so tonight we're talking about how the Bible is God's word. So our confession tonight is the Bible is God's word. And so if we can truly get that for ourselves and understand when the Bible is God's word, when we can truly get that in our life, we'll understand that everything we do, everything we choose to believe, everything we choose to say is going to come from God. And so with that, I want all of us to really sit up. I need us to stretch up a little, sit up. I see a little bit of, a little bit of caved, caved backs. We don't want that. We don't need that. Um, If you need Bibles, we have some just right behind the curtains. Slowly just tap a leader and go, have them go get a Bible for you because I truly, as we're talking about God's word being in the Bible, we don't want to miss this opportunity to actually get into the word tonight. And so with that, you guys, grab your journals, grab your Bibles, let us get into the word And before we get into the word, right before I begin, I loved how Layla had her take five on how God truly shifted her perspective on who Jesus was in her life, right? And I truly believe that when we allow to come under God's empowerment, when we come, when we come to allow to be under God's authority, we, we see shifting, right? And so nights like invite night are a reminder for a lot of us. That nights like invite night or is where we get to remind ourselves that Jesus is the Lord. That the Bible is God's word. It's where we're reminded of these truths, of these confessions. And I know for me, invite night holds a special place in my heart. 
Because when I had walked into those doors in 2016, I didn't know where I was heading in life. I didn't know what was normal and what was dysfunction. I didn't know where I was going. I truly just thought I was heading in the direction my friends were going. And so when I entered through those doors when I was 16 years old, I realized that life is so much bigger than what I'm living in. That life is so much bigger than where we're at. And so I'm just reminding you guys tonight that invite night holds the power to shift our lives, but it holds the power to shift our friends' lives. It shifts the power to hold, it shifts what our home life looks like. And so for us, invite night is not just a night where we get to have Chick-fil-A, where we get to have a guest speaker. It's a night where we're going to stand in this room and declare God's goodness and so on the count of three, I want us to boldly state out one individual that we're, we're going to see in this room, that we're going to see, that no matter what you're going to do, you're going to chase after that person and make sure they're in this room because you know that they need to know Jesus. And so on the count of three, three, two, one. Amazing. Now that you've said it, you have to do it. So there you go. Um, with that, you guys, let us get into the word. Confessions, you guys. The Bible is God's word. Everyone say, the Bible, the Bible is God's, God's word. word. Amazing. So this idea, you guys, it's this a big idea where, where we allow God to truly take care of our life, right? It's through his sovereignty. It's through his goodness that we get to see God do something, create, do something amazing in our lives. So when we choose to submit our lives in his word, right? When we get to choose to submit our lives in the Bible, we choose to live out of freedom that we didn't even know we, got, we get to live out of. So when we choose to abide in the word, we get to come under his authority. We live in the freedom he desires for us. And this is something we don't compromise. So if you're here in this room going, yeah, the Bible, the Bible might be God's word. The Bible, eh, it's God's word. Or like you're looking on the floor and going, the Bible's God's word. We're not here to do that. The Bible is not something we compromise. The Bible is something that we go and declare and go, the Bible is God's word, and guess what? And 100 years before I, before I even came onto this earth, the Bible is what it was, and guess what? In 100 years now, the Bible will be what it is. And so it's steadfast. It's never changing. And so when we confess, we confess and say, the Bible is God's word. And so if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. When you get there, I want you to say, amen. amen. Josie was a quick one. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. The word says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God breathed for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray you allow any distractions, you allow any alerts from phones, you allow anything that is not of you, God, in Jesus' name, that we allow those to go right now. For the next couple moments, Jesus, we pray that you speak to each student in this room, that you speak to each student on what they need to hear, Lord. 
God, we pray that we understand we all come in with different stories. We all come in with just different emotions right now, God. But we continue to pray that we can direct our focus and our gaze to you. God, we pray that as we hear these words, that they may not be of my own, but they be of yours, God. And we just continue believing that lives will be shifted tonight. Lives will be changed tonight. But a lot of stories will be guided and pivoted to you, God. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Okay, you guys, this is a bold statement, but I want to... I want to say to you guys, what if we aren't allowing ourselves to be shaped by God because be shaped by God and not equipping ourselves to be ready for God's work? What if we aren't allowing ourselves to be shaped by God's word and we're not equipping ourselves in where God's taking us? You see, there's an example of this idea where all of us have learned how to write, right? All of us are right now, we're writing our journals and we're writing these words and I remember so often, what if we weren't being taught by our teacher? What if when we were younger, our parents were, you know, telling us how to write our letters, our A, our B, our C? What if we weren't listening to any of that? What if we chose to go, ah, I'm good. I don't want to be told what, how to write my letters. I don't want to be told how to write my numbers. I am going to do it on my own. And what if we chose not to submit ourselves? What if we chose not to go, okay, mom and dad, okay, Mrs. Camp, that was my kindergarten teacher. Um, what if I chose not to listen to them? Guess what? I would not be writing words today. I would not be writing full sentences today. And so when we choose to allow ourselves to be shaped by authority, we choose to be equipped for our future goals, our future visions, our future work that God has intended for us. And so with that, I actually want to take you guys back to when I was 15, okay? Imagine 15-year-old Naharka. I have had my Camry, my Toyota Camry. I look at Nick Donisi because he's a big fan of my Toyota Camry. Um, my Camry is my best friend. It has let me down for the last couple months, um, but it's still holding true. It is still holding steadfast. Um, my Camry's name is Cammy. I love Cammy the Camry. Um, Camry is great. I, moral of the story, I want you guys to know, I love my Camry. I've, it's been with me since I was 15 years old. I love it. And so tonight, I want to have another confession to you guys that before I tell you guys the big old, um, I wanted to tell you guys about how I got my license, right? For some of us in this room, we're not there yet, and that's okay. We will get there, so still tangible to you guys. And for some of us in this room, we've gotten our license. We're driving. Maybe we're in the permit stage. So imagine me at 15 and a half. Well, turn, just turned 16, so I'm taking my license test. So I took the written test, did great, amazing, done. Took my driving test, okay? This is where it gets a little rough. Got my driving test. And so I remember getting in this car with this woman. She, her side gig apparently was to like do, you know, test, help, proctor, car test or whatever, car license tests, yeah. And there you go. <laughs> I don't know why I'm spacing on it. But moral of the story, you guys, I remember I walked in and this lady came in and she actually was at my school and so her side hobby was doing this. And so I, I was already feeling at home. 
Okay, I was walking in this car, it was my car, so the lady walk came in, and I was sitting in my car, and I was like, hi, like, okay, well, whatever, and we went about our way, and, you know, she, as a proctor, she would tell me to do this, to do that, and I vividly remember there was a point where I, where she told me to parallel park, and I was like, I've only parallel parked in between the little orange cones. I haven't parked in between cars yet. I'm good, and she literally goes, park, and I was like, okay. So I did it, and guess what? I absolutely crushed it. I literally did not hit the two cars. I genuinely thought I would be getting in an accident before I, didn't, before I even got my license. Thank you. Amazing. Okay, you guys, but moral of the story, as I go on, yada, 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 I'm, I'm crushing this exam. I'm trying not to look over at her clipboard, but I definitely think I'm getting 100. I am killing this. I'm going to get my license. We're going to be hitting the road in my Camry. And uh, guess what? I, you know, we park. I'm like, okay, give me my score. And she goes, congrats, you've passed. And I said, thank you. I already knew that because I crushed it. And then she goes, Actually, you got an 81. And for some of us in this room that we know, you need an 80 to pass. So, y'all just clapped for me, but turns out I didn't even get any of the points for parallel parking because it was too far from the curb. But, moral of the story, um, moral of the story, you guys, I was being taught how to drive. And I really just wanted to tell you guys about how my Camry is my best friend. But, moral of the story, you see, I turned to my mom and dad when I was trying to learn how to drive. I remember moments when I was at Matson Middle School, literally with my dad trying to like parallel park or park behind a curb or whatever it might be and don't use that stuff anymore. But, I turned to my mom and dad when it came to learning how to drive a car. I turned to my driver's ed teacher when he was teaching me the rules of the road to not cross the double white line or whatever it might be. I was being taught all these things, right? And I, they were showing me the way as I was going on in my journey. And, but reality was, I wasn't teaching them how to drive. I wasn't teaching them how to, you know, park or whatever. I wasn't rebuking them on how I needed a steer. I wasn't correcting them on what I needed, what driver's ed was teaching me. I was not, I was not training them on how to drive a car. You see, everything that took place while I was getting my license, they were showing me the way, right? They were teaching me. They were rebuking me when I was hitting the curbs or whatever it might be. And they were training me on when I needed to be trained or when I needed to go on the freeway. They were correcting me on when I was a little too far from the curb. But you see, in this time, I was never the one that was telling them what to do. I was never the one telling them, hey, maybe you should steer that way, or hey, maybe we need to merge this way. I was never telling them any of that. You see, I chose to come under the authority of my parents. I chose to come under the authority of my driver's ed teacher, so one day I have the freedom to drive on my own. You see, isn't it crazy how when we choose to follow Jesus, we're saying yes to his authority. It's all fun and games when we're going, Jesus, you can have all of me. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. I surrender my life to you. And But reality, when we're saying yes, we're going, God, when I pick up the Bible, you tell me what to do. When, you, when, I, pick the, when I pick up the Bible and something doesn't feel right, I have to act on it because you're telling me I'm not living the lifestyle I need to live. 
So you see, when we choose to say yes to Jesus, we choose to come under his authority. And when we choose to come under his authority, we live in freedom. We live in freedom because God's word, the Bible, is what tells us when we choose to walk under him and go, God, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me where you want me to go. Tell me what you want me to say so I can live in freedom one day. You see, when I walked into those doors when I was 16, I didn't even realize I had, I had chains on me. I didn't realize I was carrying weight on me because I was choosing to live in the ways of the world and I wasn't choosing to live in the ways of the Bible. And so as we're in this time of what is God's word and is the Bible God's word, the Bible is God's word. And so when we choose to read the Bible, when we choose to really digest what the word is saying, it's simply allowing us to know our creator. It's simply now letting us know who God is. And so as we're looking into 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, the four words that come to mind when we're reading that scripture is when we read scripture, when we breathe God's word, it says we're teaching, we're being taught. There's teaching involved. There's rebuking involved. There's correcting involved that there's training involved. You see, I want to emphasize that the Bible teaches us. We don't teach the Bible. The Bible rebukes us. It calls us out when we need to be called to, but we don't rebuke the Bible. The Bible corrects us, but we don't correct the Bible. We're not going in and going, God, change that part. You know, you, you got to proofread it a little. We don't correct the Bible. And at the end, we get trained by the word. We're not training the Bible. We're not training the Bible to, what, to what's next. We're not training the, to the Bible to go, hey, God, get me through this. Let me, let me teach you how you can get me through this. The Bible's telling us how to get through something, right? And so with that, I truly believe that when we confess that the Bible is God's word, it's allowing us to strengthen a muscle in our body that we don't even realize we're strengthening, when we choose to say that the Bible is God's word, we're submitting ourselves under his authority to go do what you want with my words and do what you want with my actions. I love what Pastor Steve said this Sunday and side tangent, but if you guys don't already come to a church on a Sunday and if you aren't coming here on a Sunday, I encourage it. Um, I'll sit with you, I'll save seats, I'll save rows, but I truly believe when we get to be here on a Sunday morning, we get to continue to be trained, right? We get to be continued to really be corrected. We get to be um, taught in who Jesus is um, with a congregation. What I love about real life, what I love about this building is that we're a church that's multiple generations, that we're a church for all generations. And so when we get to worship on a Sunday, we don't just worship with middle school students. We don't get to just worship with high school students. We worship with our parents. We worship with people that have gone before us, have had, had so many stories that may be similar to ours. And so just encourage you guys. Small tangent, but come on Sundays. That's truly where I remember I had my first moments with God where I really submitted my life to him because I saw that the same God that I've been worshiping for a year is the same God that this woman right here has been worshiping for 30. And so I encourage you guys, get with the leaders. They'll save you a seat. I'll save a whole row. I'll save a section, whatever it might be. Um, but what I love what Pastor Steve said is that this idea of the laws are rules, right? The laws are rules in the Old Testament, but then when we get to choose to see 
Jesus in this lens of a relationship, we get to allow a relationship to be how we dictate our word. So when we read the Bible, we're not looking at it as, ooh, the Bible told me I can't do this, 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 this. We get to look at the Bible and go, we get to be with Jesus. We get to be with the word. We get to allow God to shape who we are because we see it in the lens of a relationship. You see, so often I remember in high school where my relationship with my parents would be on and off, right? And the times where I would not listen to them is when I thought they were just telling me what to do. You see, I, was, I wasn't listening to my parents when I didn't see my relationship with my parents as a relationship. I saw my, relation, I saw my parents as just these people telling me what to do. And so you see, tonight, if we can change our narrative of the Bible isn't something that's telling us what to do, but it's a relationship that cares about us, we get to shift that narrative tonight. And so there's a verse in Ezekiel, it says, in Ezekiel 34, 7, it says, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. And in Ezekiel 34, it's Ezekiel talking to God, and he's prophesying over all these shepherds that aren't doing their job right. And so they're going through this explanation of Ezekiel explaining how these shepherds that are other shepherds, they're not doing their job right. They're allowing these sheep to wander. They're allowing these sheep to be malnourished. They're allowing these sheep to be lost, to be cold, whatever it might be, and God simply goes and tells Ezekiel, "Let I am your shepherd. I am your shepherd. Hear the word from the Lord that I am your shepherd. And throughout Ezekiel 34, it goes on and says, hear the word of the Lord repeatedly. And you see, when we're in the word, and if the word says something repeatedly, we got to listen to it. We got to realize that clearly God's, God's up to something there. And so when he says, hear the word of the Lord, tonight it represents to us that we get to hear God's word through what you're holding right now. We get to know who God is through the Bible you're holding in your hand right now. And how cool is that? That the God that spoke to Ezekiel in this moment and tells Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord is the same God that you get to read about now. And so if you're titling this message, title it, look to the shepherd. Look to the shepherd. You see, when a sheep isn't being shepherded, they tend to wander, right? They tend to get malnourished. They tend to not live out their complete calling of what their sheep life was supposed to be, right? They, if When they wander, they can get lost. And then when they get lost, they can get malnourished. And when they're malnourished, they won't live as long. And then from there, yada, 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 you get the point that they don't get to live the life that their shepherd had intended for them because guess what? They didn't listen to the shepherd. They didn't go back to the shepherd. So you see, when sheep wander, when sheep get lost, when sheep are cold, when sheep are hungry, they tend to just have this perspective of, I've got this on my own. Or maybe for some of them, they've wandered too far that they don't think their shepherd remembers them. And so this analogy, I think, so often we read about it, and Scripture tells us all the time about there's a shepherd and a sheep, that even in Psalms, that the shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures, and all these different verses on shepherd and sheep, and I think so often that we need to remind ourselves tonight that we are the sheep, 
that we are the sheep and through life, through our, the world, through culture, through our past, through actions we've done, it breaks us down, right? Like the sheep. So maybe we're not physically being wandered. Maybe physically we're still eating, right? Maybe physically we're warm, but spiritually we're, we're wandering. Spiritually we're cold. Spiritually, we're malnourished. Spiritually, we're broken. And you see, every time this world allows us to come in, every time our culture kind of speaks into our heart, any time actions that we've done, any time things parents have said to us, any time things like that happen, it breaks away from the life we're supposed to live. It breaks us away from the life we're supposed to live, and we tend to realize that God I'm too far from you. God, I'm broken. God, I need healing. And yet we feel as though that we can't get any of that because our shepherd's too far. You see, the Bible allows us to know our shepherd. The Bible, the, what, the Bible that we read allows us to know who our shepherd is. The Bible teaches us. It rebukes us. It corrects us. It trains us just like an actual shepherd would do, right? Anytime, if Matthew goes off and wanders, our God will go, Matthew, come back. Anytime Danny goes off and goes, God, I don't know where I'm going. I'm broken. And the shepherd just wants to go, I want to heal you. I want to correct you. I want to bring you back to my, bring you back to everyone. And you see, at the end of the day, I am eager to get to know who God is. I want to know who, the, who my creator is. I want to know who God is through his words. And so tonight we get to shift the perspective from I have to read my Bible to I get to read my Bible. And I think so often, even as I was studying for this message tonight, that I, my prayer was I don't want to come across as just someone on stage to go, read your Bible. I don't care if you read your Bible, but I do. I care more about your spiritual being. But that comes with also knowing how important it is to read Scripture. And if I can be transparent with you tonight, I think for the last season where I was like, I've got it, I'm going to go, God, I can, I hear your worship, I hear you, um, I tended to wander from God's word. I tended to wander from the true confession that we have is that the God, that the Bible is God's word. No matter how mature you get in your faith, no matter how deep you are in your faith, no matter how new you are in your faith, the Bible is still true. And so when, I, when I'm saying that the Bible is God's word, get into the word, I pray and I hope that you understand my heart, that it's not coming from a place of, hey, read your Bible. It's coming from a place of, I care about where your faith is going in 20 years. And no pastor and no worship set and no, no prayer can truly allow you to know who God is unless you get into the word for yourself. I've seen so many people wander because they weren't rooted back into this confession of what the Bible is God's word. And so tonight, let's be reminded that the Bible is God's word. That we're the sheep and God is our shepherd. That we get to be the sheep. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be guided by the one who knows my life. That he gets to mold us through his word. We don't mold God. We don't mold God. If we start telling God, God, you, you like this. 
you like that, you care about my friend who does this, you care about that. God does. Don't get me wrong. Hear me out. God cares about your friend. God cares about you. But you understand when things start stinging a little in our hearts of, ooh, the Bible just said this, this pastor just said this, or the Bible truly said this, why did it sting? It stung for a reason. Because that's when you allow God to mold you. And so often I've seen people, when the stinging starts to happen, we tend to go, ooh, God, I don't like that stinging. I'm a, I'm a change you. I'm not changing. And so we get to be healed through the Bible. You see, the Bible is what we need when we're sick of where culture is taking us. And I think so often for a lot of us in this room that the stories I've heard and even my own testimony that the, cult, our, the culture has allowed us to break down. That analogy of culture has allowed us to not live the life we're supposed to live. And so often we see that we don't know where our healing comes from, so we turn to the wrong things. And we go, okay, well, if culture brought me into this, culture will probably take me out of this. And reality is we need to understand tonight that we are healed through the Bible. So if you're hopeless, if you're seeking, if you're doubting, if you're stuck, if you feel like your past decisions or whatever they mean, whatever they are, um, have changed who you are now, let me tell you this. The Bible is where you find healing. Maybe a person will tell you the right thing. Maybe a prayer will be the right answer. And I truly still believe that, guys. But what I truly understand is when we get into the word for ourselves and, and shift our perspective of, God, what, how are you going to mold me? That's where the shifting happens. That's where the stirring starts to happen. And let me tell you this, friends. It's not what you're watching at 2 in the morning. It's not what you're saying to yourself in the mirror. It's not the relationship you're in that you think you're going to find your calling in. It's none of that, you guys. It's not what's cool in our generation right now, friends. Let me tell you, what I was reading in 20, when I was listening in 2014 is not the same things I'm listening to now. And friends, what's cool right now will not be cool in 10 years. What you see in your hallways, what you see on your Snapchat story is not what's shaping your life. It's not allowing, the things that you're seeing are not what's going to shift who you are as a person. Person, You get to decide how you are shaped, and it's not all these things, friends. So simply, I want to ask you guys, how are you healing? We've come up with decision, this idea that as sheep, all of us are going to wander, all of us are going to feel lost, but how, how are we seeking our healing? How are we seeking being whole through Jesus? Our guide comes from the Bible. And our words come from God. And so tonight, if you're taking notes, here's four points on how to confess the Bible is God's word. Here's four points on how to be treated through God's word, right? Bible is God's word. How can we confess that? Number one, teaching. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the big title for this, uh, for this chapter was a final charge for Timothy. And so you see, God had big plans for Timothy, and Timothy knew this. Timothy knew all the plans God had for him. And guess what? All at the during this scripture, God simply goes, "Here's my final charge for you. I've given you, I've given you the visions. I've given you the hopes. I've given you the dreams. I've given you the right people in your corner. But guess what? I still need you back in my word." 
And that was his final charge. God told Timothy, I, I understand all the things I've given you. I understand the things I've told you. But guess what? I'm taking you on a journey, so you need to continue to stay in your word. Number two, rebuking. It's a, it's a stingy word. I was trying to find an, another word, but, you know, we're not going to change scripture. We're going to be changed through scripture. And so this idea of rebuking, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, rebuking is going to sting. Rebuking is going to hurt. Scripture literally says it's a dividing of a soul and spirit. You see, when we choose to wake up in the morning and hop on Instagram and look through whatever we need to look through, and then the next minute look in our Bible, there's going to be singing that happens. We're human. So when we're comparing ourselves in social media and then we go, and then we go into the Word, the Word's going to tell us what's different than Instagram, right? The Word's going to not, the Instagram, the social media is going to tell us, hey, you need to look like this. Hey, you need to act like this. Hey, if you post this picture the right way, you'll get this many likes, whatever it might be. And here, the Word, the Bible is telling us there's a dividing of that. You don't need to look a certain way. You don't need to act a certain way. You don't need to be a part of the group that you think you need to be a part of. And there's a dividing that's happening. You see, the reason social media, the reason our friends, the reason culture feels so good is because everything's connected. That there's nothing that's breaking when you're in the worldly aspects, right? When you're doing the things, when you're at the parties, when you're doing the actions that you shouldn't be doing, when you're watching the things that you shouldn't be doing. And there's, a, there's not a divide that's happening there. And so when you go into scripture and go, God, what do you, what do you have for me? There's a dividing that's happening. And it stings. And God simply goes, hey, I want to do something in you. And I want to I continue to divide what the world is and who I am because I care about where you're headed. And my third point in correction, this idea of correction is so important. And I truly believe in 2 Timothy 3.16, in the ESV version, it's titled, All Scripture is Breathed Out by God. You see, friends, I do not want to be corrected by social media. I don't want to be corrected by the group I'm a part of. I don't want to be corrected by the actions that take place in our world. I don't want to be corrected by whatever. I want to be corrected by the one who knows my life. I want to be corrected by the one who created my life, who actually knows my whole plan. I want to be corrected by the one who actually knows where I'll be in 40 years. I want to be corrected by the one who knows my faith, who knows the ins and outs of who I am, and I want to be corrected by him because guess what? He knows my potential. He knows where I'm headed. He knows where I'm going. And he knows where I can go. He knows the ideas he's equipped in me. And I want to be corrected by him. How cool would it be if us in this room that we get to choose to be corrected by God and go, hey, God, I know where you're taking me. I know where you're, where you're headed, where you're pointing me to. 
He's calling out Anijah and going, Anijah, I know where you're headed. I know the people you're going to reach. I know the people you're going to continue to reach. And guess what? You need to just be corrected by me. Don't be with that friend group. Come right here. You see, God knows Tanner's life. God knows where Tanner's going to be in 40 years. And guess what? When Tanner gets to, it gets misaligned by where God's taking him, God can correct him. God will go, hey, Tanner, come right here. I know your plan. I want to be corrected by God's word. I want to be corrected by God because guess what? There's always going to be times I'm not perfect. There's never going to be a time that I'm not perfect. And so there's always corrections that need to be made. Number four, training. In John 10, 35, it says, if he called them to call them gods to who the word who the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. Friends, we're being taught, we're being rebuked, we're being corrected because we're being trained to grow God's kingdom. We're being trained to grow God's kingdom. We're being trained to bring people in our families that don't know Jesus to know Jesus. We're bringing people in our friendships, in our circles, in our hallways at Tahoma, in our hallways at Matson, in our hallways at Cedar Heights to know who Jesus is. Friends, I, tonight, all of this, well, none of it is to, for us, all of it's for God. And so when we choose to be trained, when we choose to be corrected, when we choose to be rebuked, we're doing this because we're on a mission. We're on a mission to bring heaven onto earth. We're on a mission to grow God's kingdom. We're on a mission to bring people to know who Jesus is, friends. And so when we're choosing to do any of this, we're choosing to do it because God's instilled in us what he needs. Scripture says God's truth will not be set aside. God's truth will not be broken. And so friends, we are being trained by God for God. How are you supposed to be trained by what you're looking at at school? How are you supposed to be trained at of what you're looking at on your social media? How are you supposed to be trained at of when you are just looking at things that are not supposed to be even looked at in the first place? How are you going to be trained in that realm, right? Scripture doesn't change. If that's the only thing you leave tonight, Scripture doesn't change. Point blank, period. Scripture does not change. Friends, I'm... I'm in this for the long haul. I'm following God for the long haul. I'm following God in 20 years from the down, 20 years down the road. I'm following God 40 years down the road. I'm following God in 60 years down the road because guess what? Scripture doesn't change. Scripture does not change, friends. And so when we get to choose to abide in Scripture, when we choose to get to sit in Scripture and go, God, what do you have for me in this season? What do you want me to go? Where do you want me to, what do you want me to do? Whatever it might be, God, allow me to be shaped by you. Friends, when we get to be shaped by God, when we get to be shaped through his word, that Scripture doesn't change. We're broken people and we're nothing without God's love. We're broken and we're nothing without God's love. But tonight we get to declare God's goodness. We get to declare God's word over our life. So if all of us in this room, if we could just stand right now, if all of us could just take the next moment, just stand right now as we're declaring the Bible, we're declaring that God has a say on our life. Friends, tonight we're saying no to culture. 
We're saying no to what our Snapchat stories have sold. We're saying no to the things that our friends have said are normal. We're saying no to the things of the dysfunction of this world. Friends, when we're living in a life where our lens is dysfunction, we don't see when God's trying to move. And for some of our seniors in this room, as you go out in the world, how cool would it be that you base your life on scripture that's never ending? Because guess what? If you're in middle school right now and the things you're looking at, the things you're doing, the things your friends are doing, that's going to change when you're in high school. That's going to change. And when you're in high school, the things your friends are doing, the things your friends are saying, guess what? That's also going to change when you're in college. And the things your college friends are doing, the things that you may look into them, you may see in college, guess what? That's also gonna change when you're a young adult. And so when we get to choose to abide in God's word, we say, God, have your way. God, have your way in my life. It's time to step out. And I truly believe even Hannah talking that there is a flooding that's happening, that there is a flooding that's going to happen where our lens of culture will be shifted from culture. Will be Our eyes will acknowledge our dysfunction in our life and go, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need your scripture in my life. I need the things that are not going to, to let me down. I need your scripture because it's not going to change. As we go into this song, that's the power for the next couple moments. I just want to encourage you, lift your hands and declare that God is sovereign over it all, that God's scripture is over it all. And I just pray right now that there's a shifting starting to happen, that when we enter UD next week, when we come in on Sundays, that there's a shift because we're not basing our life off of scripture. We're not basing our life off of what our world is telling us. We're not basing our life off of what our friends are doing as our normal. We're not basing our life off of what our family members are saying. We're saying, God, have your way. God, say your scripture is where's the, is what's going to define me. That your scripture is what's going to keep me in it for the long haul. That your scripture is what's going to allow me to be me in 20 years. And so as we go into this song, there's a line in the, in the, line in the song that says, and your power is dangerous to the enemy's camp. Friends, the Bible is God's word. The, the enemy is scared what we can do in this room. And so right now, with arms lifted all over this room, let's believe declaring that God's word, God's sovereignty, God's power is in our life. That we're not gonna allow culture, we're not gonna allow what the lies that the enemy has told to dictate our life. Let's go into the song.
allowing us to be in this room, God. Thank you that your scripture is what holds us true, that your scripture is what trains us, it's what teaches us, it's what rebukes us, it's what allows us to be whole, God. So we pray that as we leave this room tonight, that we know your goodness in our life, that we allow your word to be true now to be true in six months, to be true in 10 years, God. We pray that what we're doing in this room is training, training ourselves to know more of you. We're allowing ourselves to be molded by you, God, but we truly believe that scripture is what sets us free. And so God, we're praying and we're believing that you're building up these students right now, God. God, we pray that we may go to bed tonight different, that we walk into this building different because we have the authority on our life because the scripture says it. God, we pray that we may be different tonight. We pray that we can continue to lean on your word and anytime the world, anytime the enemy is reminding us of something else, we continue to pivot our mind to you. God, in your name, everyone said, Amen. Can we name it up for Jesus? Come on. Come on, friends. Okay, you guys. We would be doing God a disservice if we weren't bringing more people to invite night. We got to bring heaven on earth. Let's grow the kingdom. I'll see you guys next week.